lots of boxes are rocking, and your boy BC is back to do some knocking. Yeah, bang, bang is the state of combat boxing podcast on CBS Sports, and the voice you hear without question, the Brian Campbell under the weather this week. I don't know what's going on. I'm 40. I'm washed. I need some life advice, some career direction. I'm talking to this man like I'm talking to this man. Somebody, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, champ. He's probably watching. Yeah. yeah, yeah, champ. Please, somebody talk to me, this man, like we're talking to this man. Double kebab, indeed. I got a syringe of performance-enhancing audio. I'll try not to cough on the air. Get ready for insertion. We got another loaded pack show coming at you. We can recap Keith Thurman's very interesting victory in his return from two years off, including what's next for that man. Hey, what's next for that division? I'm a natural Walter Waite. Crawford isn't. Spence is a natural Walter Waite. Sean Porter is a natural Walter Waite. A lot of natural Walter Waites to talk about moving forward. We will get into weekend preview. Do you care time with a pretty damn sneaky, sexy ESPN card to talk about? Sergey Sergey Kovalev, Elider Alvarez, too. Anybody? The return of Teofimo Lopez, the takeover, and a big fight that matters. Oscar Valdez. We got some business to talk about. So why don't you help us out on the business end if you like this show? And I know you do. Whether you're pro-Dwyer, whether you're anti-Dwyer, because I'm fielding a lot of those these days. Hi, it's Dwyer. It is Dwyer. Give us that five-star review. Apple Podcasts, wherever you consume fight audio. Do the business. Do the time. Your boy, Rafe. Your boy, BC, will appreciate it. Speaking of Rafe, let's bring him in right now. You know what he does. He moves books for a living. An international superstar. He also loves it when we cruise together. Cruising was made for bar. Respect was made for bar. I love it when we keep up. Rafe Bartholomew, please rescue me from this illness. Take over the show. How are you, my friend? Doing all right, Brian. I'm sorry to hear that you're a little under the weather. But look, player, sometimes you just got to hang in there, collapse the pocket, and throw combinations. He thinks he's the B-E-S-T of the podcast game. My my immune that. system, Brian, is <laughs> defensively blessed, all right? That's all uh, I'm going to say. I'm good. Hey, just as as the Dwyer love seemed to have reached its mountaintop, did you pick up on some of this Twitter Dwyer hate? People are like, look, I'm leaving your show if this man doesn't stop taking over the broadcast. That's a fair point. It's a fair point. We could dial it back. I don't want to I don't want to lose Dwyer altogether. I am not over him, all right? He's still a he still matters to me. It it's still real to me, damn it. I know, I know. I mean, like many guys that listen to the show still really like him. Many guys. Many guys. Many guys. Many guys. Um, do we just nip this addiction in the bud? Have him on the show. It's either everything we dreamed of or it's the worst thing that ever happened. And then bid Richard Dwyer adieu. Or are you saying, no, we got room in our life for this habit. We can keep this hidden. We can, we can just put that needle in just a little bit. We just rub it on the gums for a, a few seconds each week. That's right. Look, just the, just the tip, just the Dwyer oh, tip and gosh. maybe a little bit of his aunt Blossom, who is another fan. I am a fan of her. She has a service that I have. Not, not literally, of course, but just. 
Yeah, I, I, I got to back off of this one. But, yeah, look, I'm not ready to give him up, but we should keep it moving and actually talk some boxing. Yeah, let's get into the box. Let's open up the box. Before we do, though, let's hear a word from our good friends and sponsors. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. That was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, Rafe, the first thing we always like to do before we look forward is to look behind. Yes, I'm talking about it. We had a big fight this weekend on Fox, PBC on Fox, the return of Keith, one-time Thurman, 22-month absence, injuries to his right elbow, left hand, and he went there against celebrated, beloved brawler, Josecita Lopez, and Rafe. That made whoopee. We had something to watch there. We thought it was going to be a walkthrough. Josecito did not know this was not an exhibition rave or whatever the, the line is there. Pour some water on my balls. Thurman survives. Majority decision gets rocked in round seven. Lucky to be saved by the bell, it seemed. Which side of the tracks are you going to go with a hot take here? Is Thurman washy? Is Lopez that good? Where do we go with this? First of all, man, it was just a fun fight. Thank you, both fighters, especially uh, Josecito Lopez, who made it that, who really looked like he was getting his ass handed to him in the beginning of that fight. And then stuck, you know, bit down, didn't get too hurt to get out of, to, to just be blown out of the fight and worked his way back into it and God damn that seventh round, Brian. I, I tweeted it. I was at, I, I was watching this fight with my dad. We stood up. We're doing our own Bartholomew household Emmanuel Stewart impressions. They were like, Oh my God. Look at Josecito. Go, go, man. Go. Look at this. That didn't happen in the Campbell household. I wish it should have. Why not? Why not? That wasn't a service I had. I was worried for Keith. I was worried that the dream was going to die. The unbeaten record be gone. The big business ahead. Unifications with Spence. Unifications with Porter. Pac-Man. Crawford down the road. The who wealth- cares, man? Uh, who, what, you, you would take that. You would take business as usual over a great, exciting upset. Osecito 
the Riverside Rocky pulling it off again the same way he did way back in the day, getting Vincent Victor Ortiz VO to pull out of that fight with the broken jaw with Canelo, who was planning to fight Ortiz next, looking on from ringside, debuting the Canelo face every time the guy he was supposed to fight would end up losing for like four fights in a row. It was I I love that stuff, and Josecito almost gave it to us again. He did, he did, And, and first of all, we need to establish things that everyone already knows. I love me some Saul Canelo Alvarez. And Saul was sitting in front of me at Trout Canelo 2012 in the Garden, another Canelo face moment where we thought we were getting Koto Canelo. You mean Koto Trout. Now, you said Canelo was sitting in front of you at Canelo Trout. Uh, I think it has to be your your ginger, uh, your your, your champion. It was Trout Koto. And Canelo... By the way, shook my hand that night. He did, uh, hel- hello, my friend. It was great. He was ready and he got Canelo face. So yeah, shout out to Josecito for, for, you know, I did that face to face on Fox with them and, you know, he's not a trash talker, but he's just a hungry guy who brings it. He kept putting on pressure, survived that knockdown in round two on that beautiful, what was that a short left hook from Thurman or was it a sneaky? Yeah, basically right? both hooked at the same time and, and, Keith's got there first. It was it was really it clipped him right on the jaw. Uh, he almost didn't see it land until the the replay. He made this a fun fight. Now I want to talk before we. I want to talk about the scoring. All right. Thank you, man. At least some people got the score right. Some people did, and some people didn't. Ultimately, Lopez was in this. He made it a fun fight. But bro, I still scored a ten to two for Thurman, and I don't think that's insane. I thought Lopez won round six when he landed a big right hand late in the corner in a round where nothing happened. I thought he won round seven, of course, when he wobbled Thurman across the ring. Round eight was really close. I ended up giving it to Thurman, who rallied back at the end. But you got people online who, again, I hate this is what I hate. When people don't score a fight, even experts, right, who are just casually watching and then they don't score it. But then they flood the interweb streams with thoughts that go, well, well, I didn't score the fight. But that score seems bad to me. Of course it seems bad to you because there was a period where Lopez took over the narrative and momentum of the fight. But that doesn't equal five to six rounds. It's Fury Wilder all over again, Rafe. It doesn't mean suddenly a 113-113 scorecard makes sense just because he had some moments. Thurman, I thought, largely dominated that fight even though he boxed safely and circled away late. How did you score it? Because we saw that the cards were all over the place, majority decision in the end, 10 to 2, minus one point for the knockdown for your boy BC. I didn't score it, uh, but I, I didn't, look, I wasn't watching that fight. I wasn't thinking, man, this is a difficult fight to score. I basically agree with you. 10 2, 9 3, 8 4. I don't really care a whole lot in there. There were some close-ish rounds. Uh, late in the fight when, when Thurman was more on the, de- more on his bike, more on the defensive. But even so, he would jump forward and land some hellacious punches in those rounds. It's just that they weren't affecting Josecito as much anymore. And Josecito kept really looking for a chance to, to, to finish in and, and seemed like even when he would only land a punch, 
it would shake Thurman up more than than Josecito was being hurt late in the fight. But he wasn't necessarily winning those rounds because that might be the only shot that Josecito landed of any consequence. So I, I see exactly how you scored it. It didn't seem like a hard fight to score. It was a lot of fun to watch, and it was competitive because Josecito fought his ass, his balls off. He laid his balls Here. on the line, oh my Brian. God, he did. He did. Here's uh, and what he, it, it was Love all. Said. It was. What's that? What's that? Here's what Jay Leon Love once said, and I think it's apropos about your boy Josecito. This guy is trying to shoot some bombs. I don't care. A lot of y'all ain't never been hit before. So let's just get that straight. So until you get hit, you don't understand what I'm saying. He was going for the win, and that's what we love out of him. But there's a debate in there about what happened to Keith in round seven, Rafe. Was it as simple as... He might have shot his load a little bit. Maybe he uh, he blew his rod early. Was it a was it hashtag loadwatch2019? Or Who was, is saying that? I didn't see what happened was he got caught bad. That he got he got hurt. He got rocked. He was nearly out on his feet. And Josecito went for the stoppage, went for the kill. He was just stalking after him that entire round, landing those lead rights that had Keith flying across the ring, wobbly. It was and Steve Willis. Shout out to Steve Willis for another amazing facial expression, <laughs> robot dancing, refereeing performance. Steve Willis was watching, looking like he had at least crossed his mind that he might have to jump in and wave that off. Credit to him for not jumping to any conclusions and doing that. But that's how close it was coming. And, man, I think if anyone might have been on load watch, it was probably Josecito towards the end of round seven when he just spent – two minutes chasing the guy around, trying throwing everything he could at him. Of course, unless, as we saw, Vasily Lomachenko do to Jose Pedraza, there aren't too many guys who can keep that up and not slow down after a while. Um, after a while of loading right there. So he shot his load. Uh, Rafe, the whole point of me bringing that up was, okay, if it wasn't that, you're just saying he got rocked, but how much of it was that the fact that Keith was honest, very honest coming into this fight, saying, look, I'm going to win this fight, but it has been 22 months. It has been two years. I'm going to look rusty. I'm going to look better in the future the more I put in some rounds. We wanted him to come back and fight Spence and Porter and, and everyone, or Floyd, everyone right now, Tension, anyone. And we didn't want the Josecito fight. He was the one telling us, I need the Josecito fight. He was right, it seems, Rafe. So how much of this do you say, all right, wasn't your finest hour, Keith, but you held on like a champion. And maybe there is a thing to ring Russ. So all you people on Twitter that said Keith was never that good to begin with, Spence would put him in a body bag. I got Errol Spence by murder. Errol Spence by murder. Uh, maybe they're wrong. How much is like Keith knew his body, he knew his situation, and we wanted too much from him coming in. You know what? First of all, I thought that Keith Thurman coming off nearly two years out of the ring and injuries and who knows what else, an amazing wedding in Nepal in 2017, all of those things that he had going on, he, I, I, I expected and thought he deserved one, one comeback fight, one thing to shake the rust off. And this was it. Now, the question now after that, you don't get it. Like everyone says, you do, you do not get a, a comeback year. You get a comeback fight. Uh, so we'll see who he fights next. He's calling out pretty big names. It seems, sounds like that's the direction going. I'm okay with all that. It's interesting, the whole ring rust argument, because if you just watch the, the, when does ring rust show itself? 
at the beginning of a fight, right? Most of the time. That's how we think of it, the well, first few pause, rounds. Pause, he looks sharp. Whoa, well, okay, okay. ring rust also brings on late fatigue, let's be honest. Okay, I guess you could say that he might be more likely to fade because he obviously hasn't done a real 12-round fight in a couple of years. That's I, I see that. I guess with, with people claiming ring rust – he didn't look rusty at the beginning. He looked very sharp. He looked better than we'd seen him against some other opponents early. He didn't have any early round struggles, and that might have just been a matchup thing. We we expect to see him look better than Josecito Lopez. He's quicker than him. But to me, I don't know. It just seemed like the same old Keith Thurman. He just got hurt worse than we ever saw him get hurt before. But he always has looked like when he gets caught, he doesn't seem he I don't have a whole even though he hasn't been oh he hasn't been down right I don't have a whole lot of trust in that man's chin not that it's bad not that we're talking about Amir Khan out here but just that he doesn't react well when on the occasions we've seen him get hit this is how Diego Chavez's career took off and then did nothing because he looked like he hurt Thurman early years ago when they fought on HBO. Same thing with Jesus Soto Caras seemed like he hurt Thurman a little bit early. So there were those questions. And I think that Josecito just caught him and hurt him and, and made a great effort and props to Thurman for riding it out and, and winning rounds, even though he was not, he, he was getting hurt late and, and just didn't, uh, it didn't look as good as he had when he was dominating the fight. But it, to me, this is the same old Thurman we've seen against Robert Guerrero, against all these, he's sharp, good, dangerous early, but he fades late in fight. He gets, he gets, goes more on the back foot late in fights and he's not, quite as dominant he also is not forget this one time stuff we've seen at at any high level at welterweight he's not Walter that weight, but Walter big weight. of a puncher he, it, he's it's a good weight. puncher right let's be What's honest that? it's Walter weight first of all so sorry yeah the walter the even yeah he now that he's fighting natural Walter weights who are good they take his punch and it's not it's he's not knocking guys out like he was orlando lolora let's dig into that a little bit Let, let's put our hands in that wound and first of all i thought Lopez shot his load a little bit if we're going to finish that joke in round eight. Mm-hmm. And you got to give Thurman credit for not having a, a not letting this turn into a, a major fiasco, right? He did right the ship. So let's get into what you're saying. Keith is not a, he's not Gennady Golovkin. We love the one-time nickname. Yes, he has power. Yes, he knocked out the guys earlier in his career that he should have. But he's not that dude. Ultimately, he's a... Really well-rounded welterweight. It's why after he beat Porter and Garcia before he went away for two years, for that short window, we were like, this is the best welterweight in the world. Floyd's gone. This is the best welterweight in the world. But we have to take the pulse of boxing Twitter, which is very cynical, mix that with the danger we did see him in on Saturday night and say something's missing here, right? I think in our minds we look at Bud and Spence as – Next level, guys. Another level. Ultimate elites that could become all-timers. They don't seem to have holes. Until we find out, until they're in fight-of-their-life situations, there's no holes at this point, Rafe. That's just, that's just that sounded so weird. With Thurman, I think we see a hole. I, but I'm trying to figure out, wow, wow, it's just getting, it's really just getting worse. I think I should finish. I mean, really, I know that's too harsh, but, uh. <laughs> You said hole so many times, Brian, that I actually just did finish. Oh, that is, I don't even know where to go. That is so gross. Wow. Wow. Just, you know. Leave me the hell alone. 
Wow. Uh, all right. Uh, what I'm trying to say here is, what does the hole look like? What it's is it? No, no, no. Here's what I'm trying to say here, Rafe. The hole. I want to ask you about this hole. Okay. <laughs> Actually, it's your hole. No, it's it's your bowl. It's uh. Wow. Let me. Can I just pause for a second? You know. Sounded boring. No. Nah, well. Let everybody talk about it the next day. Still sounded boring. It's not boring. Here's the thing. Is Keith too good of a boxer? to bite down at the idea of being a finisher, a true finisher who enters every fight with the idea that I'm not leaving the ring until I finish my opponent. By the way, Sugar Ray Leonard also had that idea. That's a true finisher. Revisit his history with Thomas Hearns. Well, I just I just got I just put the, I just got into the Dwyer a little bit. That was nice. That was nice. My point is this. Is it because Keith falls too much in love with his boxing ability that he has these moments, and these moments I'm talking about are the last three rounds of the Danny Garcia fight, which allowed Garcia to backdoor it and almost win by split decision. Or does Keith just have heart-slash-chin-slash-confidence issues? Is he not the dude we expected him to be when he was calling out Floyd and making that rise and getting through trouble against Chavez, putting away JSK, doing things that a man is supposed to do? Is he really that man, Rafe? Is he on the level of Spence and Bud, who right now we look at as flawless? No. What is his hole? No, Brian. I don't think – when you go around and talk to the boxing press, you talk to the hardcore fans, you talk to other people in boxing, they don't seem to put Keith Thurman on that level either. They respect him as a world-class, truly elite fighter, one of the very best top five, top three at – Welterweight, Walter Waite, whatever you like to call one, it. 147. Weight category, 147. All of those. He's top, he, he's, he's the, he's the cream, but he's not the cream of the cream of the crop. And we, you can wow. see it with your eyes. You, and maybe, look, that's why they eventually you want to see the fights. You want to, you want to see it proven in the ring, but that is not too hard to see for a lot of people. And he's there to prove them wrong. Great. If he can. But he doesn't come off the screen the same way that Bud Crawford does. He doesn't. He doesn't dominate the same way Errol Spence has. Why, now though? he has the, the best resume. Why? He's fought these fights, but he hasn't. They've all been close and competitive. They could go the other way. I bet Danny Garcia is watched that fight and was kicking himself that he didn't try and track down Keith Thurman. Now, we know Garcia doesn't really move around the ring and cut off. I mean, he cuts it off, but he doesn't he doesn't pursue in the same way. He doesn't apply as much pressure. But I wonder if Garcia was watching that fight and being like, "Damn, Jose Cito almost knocked him out. I have more power. I'm sharper. If I had been willing to lay it out there, take a few more risks, maybe I could have won that fight in a in a impressive, amazing way instead of having to dispute the decision and chase him at the end and just not getting it all the way done. Uh, Thurman is not – he's one of the guys. He's not the guy in my opinion. And, and obviously this is all speculative, but that's just – that's the way I see it. If you disagree – Turn off your damn station. Wow, wow, bro. I am, I am feel on that one. Uh, but why though is the question. You just told me all the things I knew, but why? Why is he missing it? So I think he doesn't come out looking to 
knock out every opponent despite the nickname. If you watch the Danny Garcia fight, the Sean Porter fight, he is basically going to box his way through and see what happens. But as the fight goes on, whether it's a long-term stamina thing, whether it's a ring rust thing, he seems to fade and he guts, he gets on his bike a little. He did it against even Robert Guerrero. You remember the last three rounds of that fight that Thurman dominated? Now, at the time, you take each fight in its own and you're thinking, all right, well, he's got a big, a big advantage on the scorecards likely. He knows he's leading in this fight. So maybe it makes sense for him to take a much more defensive approach in the last few rounds. But maybe it's not that. Maybe he does, he just is, he, he fades a little bit. Maybe he has some stamina. He's easier to catch up with later in the fights. And that's why these guys are having moments late against him. And also that defense, the ability to, to slip and make guys miss and come back real quick and hurt him that he does really well early in fights, right? That slows the reflexes definitely seem to slow down a bit or enough for other elite fighters to catch up and do some real work in rounds seven, eight, nine, all the way through 12. So I think that's what we're seeing. Is it stamina? Is it just maybe overestimating his ability to put on a defensive masterclass, like a Floyd level, you're not going to hit me for 12 rounds? Maybe it's just a chin issue. What do you, where, where, what, what's, you, you're, you're, you've seen a lot of holes, Brian. What's, what's Keith Thurman's look like to you? I mean, come on. I've looked at a lot of guys. Wow. Wow. Uh, here's the deal, right? I don't think he has chin issues. I don't think he also has a top shelf granite Golovkin chin. But look, we saw him take some shots from Garcia and Porter and he seemed to do well. I wonder if it's connected to the idea that he learned – a lot of these guys learn a lot from watching Floyd, right? How he handles himself business-wise mixed with how he handles himself in the ring. I think Keith got to a point where he realized I could maybe have more longevity by following a Floyd model because I've got these boxing skills. And I think he's falling too lo- much in love with the idea of why do I have to stand and bang and take these chances if I can circle away late after building a lead – and, and that's going to get him in trouble, and that doesn't make him look like a destroyer to us because Spence and Bud have sort of that – that uh, is it a gangster backbone? I mean it's sort of that like that tough as balls backbone that, you know, when it gets hairy, they want to put you away. Boxers look at like it's a, like a, a hood, hood sport. And these guys fight when they need to like it's a hood sport. I don't know if Thurman has that hood sport element inside of him deep inside. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you – that Thurman has been softened by things like his flute playing, by things like being away for two years, spending four months in Nepal for his wedding. Because obviously, you gotta live a life about, it can't be box. I know Canelo's trying to tell us to box his life. No box, no life, or whatever that, that weird, uh, uh, hashtag thing he's trying to put out there. I was born right Yeah, we know. Yeah, alright, alright, Big Red, we know. But you sent me some insanely interesting sound. From Keith Thurman's wedding in Nepal. Now, first of all, congratulations. By the way, I love Keith. That's why when you and your dada was celebrating that action was happening on your screen and Keith Thurman's O was about to go, I was like, man, I really love this guy's personality. I want him to be a giant thing. I wanted to see his giant. No, no. Um, so what I'm trying to say here ultimately is that I'm happy for him. Get married, bro. Live your life. Be you, even if you is a little different, even if you like things like yoga. 
Um, but I love yoga. I love philosophy. Um, um, I'm into world religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, I, original Christianity. Um, so I'm just diverse, a little, little outside of the box thinking. Um, I dropped out of high school, but that doesn't mean that you can't be self-educated in life. Is that really you? Is that who you really are? Or is this an image you're putting out there? Because you know it's kind of attractive to be the alternative to a regular uh, boxer. Well, if I cared about my image, I'd probably have a million followers by now on Instagram. Wow, subtweeting Ryan Garcia there. Don't think I didn't see that. My point of saying that is he's a different cat. He's a different dude, and that's cool, Rafe. But is some of that different dudeism inside of him preventing him from being the hood sport hero at Walter Waite like we need or want him to be? You sent me this insane sound from his wedding. Sounds like a different man. He did entertain us with some song. He told us a story of how he fell in love. The first day, I might have had a little too much to drink when I met her. I came back, and she saw that I was very sincere. She also did not know I was a boxer. She was unaware of my job and my career in America. And what became of that after they met, he had too much to drink, it became a tug of kindness, Rafe. It was like a tug and war of kindness. Every time I was kind, she would be more kind. Then I'd be more kind. Then she would be more kind. It it just escalated into a chemistry that was undeniable, and that is why I am here today. And, Rafe, then he got introduced. There was this long interview session. Everyone's got to really check this out for themselves. We are very lucky and proud of you because we get our international boxer player. Oh, uh, congratulations on your wetting. I hope your wife knows you got a player for life, and that's no BS in Rafe. Um, <laughs> what do you make of all this? Before I get your answer, can we do this one more time? By the way, full respect to the Nepali culture and all of that. We're having fun with Keith here, but am I on to something? All right. I got a lot. I got a lot to say here, Brian. Let me first talk about the boxing because I'm very tempted to forget it all. Um, no, I don't. I, I resist, even though I know exactly what you mean about his personality and I like it too. I resist that idea that just because he expresses himself differently, he looks a little, he, he acts a little goofy sometimes, that that somehow affects his character in the ring, that he's somehow not as tough or something. When I see the differences between Keith Thurman and a Terrence Crawford or an Errol Spence, who I rate, who I happen to rate higher than Thurman, to me it's just because I think Bud is sharper. I think he's a better defensive fighter. I think he counters better. I think he, he doesn't have those lapses late in fights. It's, it's as simple as that. I just see a guy who's a, a, a slicker fighter. Thurman is slick to a point. Crawford is a technician, a master. You know what I mean? He, he might just be the BEST, Brian. Right. Terrence Crawford, quite frankly, is a guy who's a bad man who thinks he is the BEST. At 147 pounds, and I got news for the Americans of the world. Many people. Many. Many. Many, many so people. That's, many that's guys. What's... Sorry, Rafe. I had to do it. Many okay? guys. Many guys. Uh, 
Brian, so that's, that's what I think is going on with Crawford. With Spence, I think it's, he's enormous. No one, he ha, he's less tested at 147 at the Walter Waite division, where I don't know, some people don't see Mikey Garcia as a Walter Waite test. It'll be a test of something. Mikey's a great fighter. Errol Spence has the look of a, just a dominant fighter, not as, flawless in his performances as say Terrence Crawford has been we've seen Errol Spence take some shots get hit but he just walks through it I mean he's he comes through like that destroyer and it ain't nothing stopping him and we all this we say it a million times Spence might be one of or if not the best body puncher in the sport he is nasty yeah. so that's and the by the way to me. tell it's me not- someone he'd be better than Chris Algeri yeah, Algeria stopped fighting because you're messing that up for Errol Spence every time he gets in the ring. Anyway, so I, to me, it's not that Keith Thurman is somehow softer than them and because of his personality, anything like that. Just, I just don't see him looking like quite the same level of elite fighter. And in fact, if you look at his heart, I mean, Thurman has been tested in ways hurt worse than either of those guys really have. He, we just saw him have to. Come back from the dead. He was almost out on his feet in round seven against Josecito. And when he gets Colazzo hurt. almost took his soul once too to the body. The body shot. He, when Thurman gets hurt, a lot of the, as soon as the, as soon as he is cognizant enough to fight back, he comes back hard. He throws shots back with real bad intentions, wanting to hurt the other guy who just hurt him. He, so I, I don't Would see you say him. He comes back pro boner. I'm pro boner. Uh, you gotta be. Who is, who among us is not? We got, as long as you can be pro B, you got to. And if not, you gotta see the doc. It's all about the lube, man. It's all about just getting back moving. Getting, getting the, yeah, all right, all right, all right. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about Keith Thurman, the character, because this is the crazy, this is what I don't understand. So Thurman has a rough time, almost gets dropped, maybe could have gotten stopped. If, if things had gone a little bit different from Jose, for Josecito Lopez in that fight, scary perform, scary moments for, for Keith Thurman in there. Boxing fans, Twitter lose their minds crapping on the, on Thurman now. Like just laughing at him. Like he's some kind of like clown. Like they don't like him. I don't, what is not to like about him? He is hilarious. He's funny, weird, different. He's the, I, I, I do think. That if we got a chance to really sit down with him, I might be able to vibe with him about playing Magic the Gathering when we were younger. Because I, I am, I took some, I took fourth place in a couple booster draft tournaments back in the day, and I ha- I can just see, I can smell it on people sometimes. I think Thurman might have had a phase. He's one of, he's one of these guys. He's got, he's just a little weird. He might have been a dungeon master rolling right some twenty-four sided die. Who knows? Uh, he's just he's, he's but I like that about him, and I don't see why. Yeah, it it isn't the macho. It isn't always the crazy macho, ridiculous, uh, whatever like stereotype of the hard ass boxer, right? The the guy who is a professional prize fighter, one of them, some of the most dangerous people on the planet. But it's it, it's really fun. I I just don't see why we would 
crap on the guy for, for, for being so much, you know, providing us sort of so much fun outside of the ring, this crazy wedding. Uh, I love in that, in, in when he's giving those responses to the Nepalese reporter, uh, cause, cause I can relate to it when you're new in a country and you, you, you start talking really funny because you're not confident. You, people are always going to understand you speaking as fast and, and, casually as you would in your standard English. So he's doing all these bizarre pronunciations. He's kind of getting this sing-song carries like, it was a tug of war of kindness. And she was kinder. And I was like, what the hell? And it's the kind of thing where your your friends will come visit you and hearing you talking in some accent you never used in before in the States. And they're like, what the hell is wrong with you? Why are you talking like that, man? And you're like, no, no, no. It, it, you got, you, you're like, you don't understand. It just happens. You're, it's, it's immersion. I love that Keith Thurman actually is like that. And he, he's just sort of a, a goofball sometimes without trying. I, I think that stuff is great. And I, I don't think, think it makes him any better out. or worse as a fighter. I, I get it. Now you just had a bro out moment with him. You connected on the level of speaking in weird tongues, of s- summoning devils in your youth, of, uh, of, 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 of yoga and different world religions, of Now we get even more ridiculousness in boxing. I think we need to set up a bro session where you guys can play both ends of the flute at the same time. I is that like a like a finger cuffs type thing? I don't know. Wow, wow. Uh, so what's next for Thurman is still going to be biz, big business because he survived and advanced. Now I do want to play you a quote. He said ahead of time of this fight, which makes you think the fight we all seem to want, the Spence unification, is going to be a little bit further down the road. Keith Thurman versus Errol Spence isn't worth one title. It's not worth two titles. It should be worth three titles, baby. And so we're going to set it up like that. That makes me think we're going to push that down the road, although Spence, by the way, still needs to see the pudding before he knows there's proof. We keep Thurman, he's going to stay injured as long as I keep winning, so. <laughs> I mean, I don't think me and him ever going to fight. He mess around, retire, I get that WC belt. But no one's really talking Thurman Spence after this victory in which Keith looked a little bit human. Now we're talking Thurman Apakayao, Rafe. Is this the right fight to make? Because Thurman's, let's say, uh, vulnerability would mesh well with the fact that at 40, depending on your position, Manny could be a little bit washé at the moment. Look, there's only one washé sound I listen to in boxing. That's Terrell Gaucher. Uh, and how dare you say that about Manny after he put on a really, really strong performance against AB. Uh, give me a break, man. Get that, well, get some that people crap believe, out of here. Some people believe, and, and when, by some people I mean Eddie Hearn, that Pacquiao's not the guy you think he is. Is Pacquiao faded? He's an all-time great legend of the sport. Is he faded? Yes. So we're not saying he's done. We're saying he's, I guess, faded is the same way as saying washy. <laughs> He's a little bit washy, so does it mesh perfectly, Rafe, with a guy who's a little bit faded and a guy who, pretty good, but he ain't Spencer Bud. Is this the the damn right perfect Fox pay-per-view matchup to make next? It's a fight I would like to see. That would be a service I would have if it happened. I, look, we know what Manny's priority is, and it's not one-time Keith Thurman. It's Floyd Money Mayweather. So if Floyd, that is going to be the first tree they bark up, in the Senador Pacquiao campaign, they're going to be 
seeing what's up with Floyd. Floyd, is this rematch going to happen? If it's not going to happen in the near future, then sure. Maybe. Why not Keith Thurman? It makes more. They both, they're both coming off wins at about the same time. We still got to wait for Danny Garcia to get his comeback fight. Was it Adrian Ganados? I don't know. Uh, we, so, so Garcia yes. still yes, hasn't come back. Mikey and Spence, it's, it's unlikely that, well, you know what? Why, when, after Spence, after Spence Garcia, say, say Errol Spence wins that fight. Looks great. Why won't there be a call for Spence to get Pacquiao? Why, why should it be Thurman? Now, the matchup, I think people would widely I'll agree. I'll tell you why, because Pac can beat Thurman, maybe, yes. and I don't think he could beat Spence. It's a much better matchup. It's something that fans would, it's a back, it's a fight that people wouldn't think is already predetermined just because of how good and fresh Spence is and big at, at 147. But, Still, in terms of the business of boxing, you could argue that it makes more sense that the people at PBC who are trying to organize the careers of these fighters and have it lead and, and build stars might rather instead of putting Manny in a 50-50 ish fight against Keith Thurman would rather have him go into a fight where he's 75-25 to lose against Errol Spence because they want to they want that rub to go to the the, the guy who's going to be the biggest star or who they think could be their biggest star. So is the do I like as a competitive matchup Thurman Pacquiao better than Spence Pacquiao? Sure, but why sh why should that be the the way things go? Uh, why the hell not, Rafe? Like you said, if we ain't doing Maypack two and everybody getting money. Because, by the way, Manny just fought in the States, and for him to fight in the States, somebody's paying that tax bill. So there's there's a it, it, there's an added price in there. But, yeah, look, you can – Thurman – I think there's potential that pack is very competitive, that you can do a rematch. If Thurman wins, then maybe he gets the rub as that star. So when you do Thurman Spence down the road, it is a little bit bigger because that's why you bring in Manny if you're PBC to, to rub your other people. But, Rafe, how fun is PBC welterweight right now? We know they have nine tenths of the of the world's best division under contract. Sometimes we get frustrated at the length and delay of this chess matching from Uncle Al. But one thing you are always going to have to remember when talking about that man. Al Heyman the GOAT. And it looks like right now Al Heyman's setting us up to be entertained. I mean, are you not entertained by Spence Garcia? Pac Broner, which could lead into Pac Thurman, which could lead into Spence Thurman down the road, and oh by the way, Sean Porter's still out there. Fun-ass fight against Ugas coming up. Man, I'm feeling that itch and burn, if you know what I mean. Walter Waits get me hot, Rafe. They get so me are, fired. Are you up. talking about like the itch and burn of of hemorrhoids, like a like a preparation H type situation? Yo, I have some ointment. Prepare yourself. Either way, we got to get off of this topic. But right now, gun to your head. If Thurman Pack happens, who wins, brother? You know what? If he had that much trouble with Lud Lopez, I, Keith Thurman could catch Manny with something nasty that hurts, maybe stops Manny. But I don't know, man. I, I he hasn't the power hasn't been there for Thurman. It hasn't looked the same in, in, in at those levels. We know Manny can take a punch. We've seen him hurt plenty of times because he's been in so many great fights against other great fighters. Fighters who are greater than Keith Thurman or who were greater than Keith Thurman. And he looked I I as bad as A B was a couple weeks ago, I think Manny looked good. I think 
he would be very dangerous. I, I don't care, man. I'll, I, I, look, I've picked Manny in dumb situations before. This would not be the dumbest. Shout out to, to Maypack. So I would pick Manny in that fight. I think he has, he has enough to get Thurman into some trouble. And if he did, he'd have a lot better chance of stopping him or at least getting a knockdown or continuing that momentum throughout the rest of the fight than we've seen other guys who have hurt Thurman in flashes. Wow, very interesting. Uh, let's bring in celebrity Keanu Reeves for his thoughts. Manny, good luck in the fight. You are amazing. You are awesome. Thank you so much. So Keanu likes Manny. Rafe likes Manny. Let's bring in Al Bundy. Uh, the Russian, I think, is... is more to my liking. Oh, all right. That is fair. That is fair. Hey, Rafe, on this Thurman Lopez undercard, wow, caveman, Konaki, Adam, the Polish thunder, the babyface, Konachki, or wherever you're going with this, defeated in a kind of the fun-ass one-round sloppy brawl that only Adam Konaki can produce, PBC heavyweight Gerald Washington. And guess what? He wants Wilder. And he wants him now, Wraith. Konatsky took to the mic, gave us really awkward, uh, sort of, uh, uh, hello, uh, uh, kind of soda type of moment. I like you. I like a sex. It's nice. And said he'll be the, uh, father of his first child coming up. Rafe, what do we do with Adam Konachki, this fun, sloppy heavyweight who, by the way, Gerald Washington, before we go any further, before we touch any other M's or anything else, we do have to send a message to you. You should get beat by a man with titties. Come on, man. You got him, You got him. You don't have him. Rafe, is Konachki getting you popping a little bit here? Hell yeah. Make these fights. Put him in as many fights as people. Whoever's willing to fight that man, let him get in there. Just get sloppy, get, get crazy, throw big punches. Do I, I, do I, even though, even though, and we saw this play out a little bit on Twitter with people saying, Kaunatsky, come on. Is he really an elite heavyweight? No, but he, he looks like a great TV fighter. We're very happy for him. Get some paydays, have some fun fights. We'll be watching. And then, Polish boxing Twitter jumping in to be like, wait a minute. He defeated Arthur Spielka and Gerald Washington faster and in more impressive fighting, more, more impressive style than Deontay Wilder. Ooh. He's the man. Give him the fight. That's, that's true. But you could say that both guys were a bit more vulnerable, perhaps, when they got to, when Kaunatsky got to them. Regardless, the guy is tough, fun, makes good fights, can, is going to be aggressive and, it would not be crazy to see him give some of these top level heavyweights a, a scary moment early, especially early in fights when before he starts getting tagged. Now, I think that he's just too easy to hit. And some of these guys with just killer power, like we've already heard Gypsy John say about Deontay Wilder with, I think AJ, AJ has some power like that. Some of these really powerful heavyweights, I don't know if I personally believe Kaunatsky can fight that way and survive without just some next level chin. And if he does, then whoo, then people really got a problem on their hands, but I would not count on that, but he's fun, man. Make these fights. He would be a very dangerous, scary first heavyweight fight. And it's on the wrong side of the aisle, but I like to bring all things back to Oleksandr Usyk. Man, think about that. No, Usyk no, no, outboxing, no. Kaunatsky chasing him around. I, you 
Usyk better have the wheels on it, screwed on real good because that caveman is going to keep coming after you. Yeah, I just – look, I saw that war on Twitter that our friend Adam Abramowitz had with every Polish fan and writer in the history of the world – I gotta lean to his side. Like, like, Konachki's a little, Konaki. What, what is the pronunciation here? Punchki? There's usually the ski when you see the CKI with the Polish name. So Konatsky, Konatsky, right. well, that's, that's Konatsky all fine, you know. is more talented than people will realize looking at the baby face, looking at the, the, the puffy body. But look, I feel like he's got a death wish to get sent to hell because Wilder, as John said, has killing power, can, can do some dirty things. But I don't want to get Dwyer. I, I don't fall for the Dwyer back foot love in this situation. I saw the fight ringside against uh, Prince Charles, Sir Charles Martin, whatever that, that guy's name is. Uh, that was extra sloppy. This guy doesn't have a great gas tank. Maybe he's got some subtle skills, but uh, I'm not falling for the Dwyer, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, plan here. Adam Konacki is that rare combination punching heavyweight. He's sequential. What? Right? Think Chris Eubank, Avni Yildura. No, I don't want to. I will not revisit their history. That's Adam Konacki. He looks slow. Yeah. He looks out of shape. True. Both are wrong. Well, come on, Dwyer. Come on, Dwyer. Right? This guy is a combination puncher who's a technician. His nickname is Babyface. Don't get fooled by the appearance. Dwyer. Did you, did you catch that subtle, subtle reference to Lil C's in Crush on You at the end of the Dwyer? No. Don't be fooled by the Babyface. I hope you're not, cause the style's got you hot. Ugh. Oh, Dwyer's woke. I like that. But by the yeah. way, uh, we got a message for Dwyer. Congratulations. You played yourself. Konatsky's not getting over that hill. Come on. You're not talking me into a hedge bet here of Konatsky against Wilder or any of those upper elites. Yes, he's fun. Yes, he's better than the Spielka variety. Yes, he could send Gerald Washington to hell in one round. But come on, bro. Yeah, that's probably true. But I'd, it'd still be fun to see. And and you, the great thing narrative-wise, let's, let's put on our Brian Campbell WWE Raw Monday night time to tweet some wrestling caps. How dare you. And... Let's, let's imagine, let's play out the narratives in Kaunatsky's career. You know where it leads. He gets, he gets a shot or two at a title, has some fun fights, probably loses in scary fashion in one of them. The same thing could happen to a guy who he grew up fighting with, sparred with for years in Brooklyn. They're tight. He goes by the nickname Black Polska, Big Baby Jarrell Miller. These guys love each other. They combined weigh about 800 pounds. I don't like friend versus friend fights, first of all, okay? Do you remember the worst heavyweight title fight ever? Chris Bird versus Deverell Williamson, touch of sleep? Yeah, I was put to sleep on Showtime. That was one of the worst fights ever. Best friends. Best friends should not be fighting each other. Rafe, you and I will never fight. I will never, I'll jack the crap out of that fight, all right? I will always jack if I find out you're across from me. Brian, these guys are cut from a different cloth. And they, they, they have banged it out in the backyard like the Macias brothers. Oh, and so... they, they one day, Jarrell... yeah, Jarrell Miller and Adam Kalnowski one day are going to come together for the sloppiest, 
man, somebody's getting beat by a man with titties that night, Brian, and it's going to be sloppy and fun. And we're all, we're, we're, we're going to like it. We're going to, you're, you're going to like it, Brian. I'm going to make you like it. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to punch you till you love me. Did you just pull some weird Tyson Lewis on? I'm not, I'm not going there. Hey, King Tug, my man from Mongolia, King Tug. That was a fun ass fight to open this uh, triple header on Fox. Who did he beat again? Claudio Marrero. I liked Marrero's style and his balls. King Tug is probably my new favorite fighter now that Levon, the, the, the wolf Gami Chava is not the guy we thought he was. It was a fun fight. I thought Marrero was doing better than the broadcast team was giving him credit. They were really crapping on his performance. I thought those rounds were close. He was landing a lot of clean shots on King Tug. King Tug, a Olympic silver medalist who had been a, has been a pretty touted, uh, prospect a guy who the a lot of the hardcores i follow on twitter are are often writing about saying oh this guy's the truth he might be the best prospect in boxing he 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 was in a real fight and and he pulled it out but it wasn't yeah sorry about that brian sorry sometimes sometimes you need the withdrawal method works you got it you got to do it to win some fights no listen i don't know it was a fun fight. King Tug didn't blow me away with the stop tug it. <laughs> stop, I mean, just stop it. It's just. Uh, uh, by the way, true or false? Sixteen-year-old uh, Rafe, growing up in Manhattan, playing ball, was your nickname also King Tug back then? Before no, you... it was always something terrible, like Big Country or. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's rough. I could see pre-puberty Rafe Bugs being a being a King Tug member. You know, that's uh all right. We'll just leave that joke on the floor where it belongs. Um, all right. Uh, what's King Tug's end game? Fun TV fighter gets sent to hell when he finally steps up. What's what's happening here? He's got some. He's got more craft than I than I realize. I think when I watch him, I'm like, yeah, oh wow, okay. No, he's got a lot of craft. He the the power that he showed earlier against lesser competition didn't didn't make a huge difference in this fight. But hey, I'd want to see him against against other you know start start become a contender now start fighting more meaningful fights and and this was for a mandatory sh- slot right so he's fighting a champion in one of his next fights depending on how all the matchmaking sorts itself out but he's getting up on that level and that's why I want to see him. All right, we spent a long time inside of Keith Thurman. We got to roll quickly here. Let's do rapid fire style on latest news, Rafe. Your boy Ajay. Um, so apparently he's not fighting April 13th in London and Wembley like we thought. The Dillian White deal was not able to be consummated. If you follow the top copywriter Mike Coppinger of The Ring on Twitter, who seems to be on top of this, it's looking like it's going to be AJ and Big Baby Miller in Anthony Joshua's U.S. debut on the zone. Do we have a, did we have a prospected date? What was it? April or May? I've seen, oh, I've seen June. early June, unfortunately. So that's a long time. It's not going to be in Britain. And it's the first place of AJ. It's going to be in the States. We don't love this fight, but it is sexy to zone fight. I would want to be there for AJ's States debut. Uh, is it better than a D- Dillian White rematch? Probably not, but are you okay if it plays out this way? I am okay with it. I don't particularly like it. I don't, what can you do, Brian? It's, it kind of stinks. It's hard to figure out who to blame in this merry-go-round between Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, and Anthony Joshua. It really does seem like Wilder and Fury have outmaneuvered Joshua public relations and career-wise for this 
year, year and a half stretch where they get to have this amazing two fight sequence with each other. While AJ, even though I thought the Povetkin fight was very respectable and a good, uh, high quality matchup, it just doesn't look as good. And they're going to have Wilder and Fury are going to have fought. It looks like twice without AJ fighting once. And when he comes back, it's going to be against big baby Miller. Who's a, a decent opponent, but not someone, not one of the fights we want to see probably low on the list of, uh, maybe I'd prefer five other heavyweight fights before AJ uh, for AJ. I don't mean just in general, but before AJ, Big baby, I'd probably see prefer five other guys before that. You know what I'm hopeful will happen. Where's Pulev at, bro? Can we get Pulev? He's his top rank man. I don't know what to. I don't know what that means now. It means something. They're gonna move him. They're trying to build him up and get him those mandatory shots. He Pulev probably still has it because he was supposed to be the mandatory pulled out with injury last year. So that could happen someday, and and they do maybe. I don't know how they make the money work with that, but whatever. That's their problem, not ours. You know what I was going to say, Brian? What I think, what I hope happens, a way for AJ to kind of steal the narrative back a little bit and get people excited. Really, if this is going to be his U.S. debut, make it big, big. There is a man who has recent, who had recently retired, who's talking about coming back, making some noise. Oh, wow. They fought before. Oh, my God. They might God. like to have a rematch. Are we talking one AJ, Vlad, do it in the States. Do it in the Garden. Do it in Vegas. That is how – that one, who wouldn't want that fight? Everyone – you see Klitschko, he's still in the same shape. He was already old when he lost to AJ. That was a great fight. And he probably, if he comes back, would want – to just jump, try and win that fight early. Don't give AJ the opportunities to land those big shots that got him in trouble. Now that will be a, a fun badass. fight. Now that that he... will be a big name. That oh, is God. the fight that allows them to take back some of this narrative and be like, this is the biggest fight in in the heavyweight division right. right now, bar none, whatever you critics say. And that's a, if the zone pony's up for that, that's a monster must-see, I have to find the zone if I'm not already purchased it type of fight. You're talking about... Vlad, who got knocked out by AJ and fought like a badass, really for, you know, the first time since his original build when he was a reckless punching heavyweight, he's now separated from, from, uh, Hayden, so he's got that sort of like, I'm gonna go buy a convertible and grow a ponytail and- Coming and, back with, with, with Srisaket Surungvisai type- Yeah. Scorned lover. We don't know if he's, lover anger. He's kinda teasing the bag though about whether he's gonna come back. He's putting it out there but then pulling it back. He dis- Well one thing he has done is he's put the- the, the actual answer, if he's coming back on a USB stick and he's gonna auction it off, but he has one sort of, uh, you know, one instruction for you. Do not ask me. After the fight, what is on the stick? If you got the stick, let's say you were the one who put up, ponied up the money for the Klitschko Foundation to get the stick. You got your hands on Klitschko's stick. You put it into your computer, and it was Vlad nudes. Would you tell anybody you had it, or would you just keep it for a private? Uh... Oh, that's a tough. That that is that is a really really difficult hypothetical, Brian. I might, I might have a tug of war of kindness with myself and then, and then think about it afterwards. Yeah, AJ, AJ and Klitschko would get me on a back of a car in Canastota in a second. By the way, I know you don't care about Big Baby's kickboxing career, 
I wasn't that woke to it. I know he had a career. I didn't know against who. He's got two fights against Krokop, one in K1, one in Glory. Both go to the scorecards. Fun little action there. I know this isn't your cup of tea here, Rafe, but some people listening to the show are woke and versed on all things combat sports. You like boxing, and you like 80s action movies, and you like nothing else that involves combat. So I just want to put that out there for the people. If you need to go watch on YouTube, some fun action there. Uh, Klitschko, we got AJ. Other news, George Groves, Rafe. At 30, he's going to retire. Is he really that washed? I mean, let's bring in Nassim for a second. I know this sounds terrible. I think he should finish. No, that's that's, that's, too that's a little too harsh. Is he really too hard? At 30, he's going to walk away? What? I don't think that he had to, right? His name is still valuable. He could have had some more decent fights at 168 pounds. He could have made it. He, he might have been able to make another title run. He's a good enough fighter that I believe that that would be possible. But you know what? I'm not mad at this either. He had looked increasingly old. He he got old fast, Brian. I don't know. Maybe maybe he just wasn't listening to any performance enhancing audio and this is what a normal man ages like. But if you look, you can look. I I I've, I may have done this. I may have dabbled in in this sort of Google image searching. If you look at Groves weigh-ins starting at say the first Gro- the first Frotch Groves fight, all the way through the years to how he looks in the last couple of years before fighting Eubank, before fighting Callum Smith, the, all of the, the the definition just leaves his body. He's he just looks aged, worn, and his fighting style. He was less explosive. He became really a cagey veteran that was good enough to outclass a, a, a guy without a game plan like Chris Eubank in their fight. But when it came down to it, couldn't do it against. Callum Smith against a, a higher level of fighter. Uh, so it, it makes sense. And if, if that, if he can, if he got the money and he can stay retired, he doesn't want to make another run at it. That's fine with me. What, and, and also there is no, there's no topping what he's already done, right? No, no, they're, they're, they're really he fought isn't topping. I mean, in the biggest fight of all time. I mean, Alex Godinez, star, star fan of the show will tell you. The largest crowd in boxing history was there to see George Groves and Carl Frock in Wembley Stadium. 80,000. 80,000 at Wembley Stadium. Perfectly on George Groves' chin and flattened him in front of 80,000 fans at the Wembley Stadium. I want to twice record, if you don't mind, in my last fight before I, before I knocked out George Groves at Wembley Stadium. Is, first of all, let's just reestablish one thing. I'm still blown away that this ever happened, that 80,000 people in Wembley cared that much in England to see this fight. Because when these two fights were announced, by the way, both were fun, right? Frotch got dropped in the first one, controversial stoppage. They go back, they do it a second time. He delivers the knockout of the year to, to send Gross to hell. In in the in the States, we didn't really care that much about that fight, right? Both fights. They were like, okay, that's a, that's a good fight. It ain't, you know, this ain't. This ain't Birdo, this ain't Klitschko, this ain't something we're, we're gonna go out of our way for, but the Brits, man, they bought into it. So, Groves is now this, like, B-side folk hero in this great fight, and then of course he ended up winning a, a title, sort of, uh, late, you know, later in his career, but, it's just weird. I never thought this guy was that great, fun, honest fighter. He's sort of been pushed up there into the history books. How will you, outside of the ridiculously bad Hello Kitty tattoo on his left bicep, how will you best remember George Groves if we never see him again? Well, first of all, for un, for better or worse, or unfortunately for, for St. George, he's going to be remembered as 
call Frotch's final victim is the, the foil in those last two fights who made them both very fun fights, almost stopped Frotch, which would have blown everyone's minds because that does, that does not happen to the Cobra in their first fight. And then got just destroyed by that perfect straight right hand detonated Smack on his chin, Spark knocked Spark out in the rematch in front of 80,000 at Wembley. That is, unfortunately, the first line of George Groves' boxing obituary. And it's not totally fair because he is a guy who, if he had gone for maybe easier routes to a title, could have gotten one much earlier, could have defended it more times. But he fought... He fought some tough fighters at, 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 at who put in really good performances against him. Badu Jack, one of the best times he's ever looked in a ring, beating George Groves, knocking him down early. Really, so so Groves is a little bit of a hard luck guy. That's sort of like the the B side of my memory of him. But really, it's all about the the rivalry with Frotch, which was hilarious. Create helped blow it helped British boxing blow up in the way we've seen it do in recent years. And, and yeah, you mentioned that first fight, how much nobody cared about in the States. I remember watching it on the Wealth Network. I mean, this was like the wow. early days of terrible, nobody wants this OWN, whatever, streaming hey, that you Wealth had to Network sign up for us, and watch on the weird app. The Wealth Network, AWE, gave us Larry Holm. And Brian, we were talking earlier. This is the other thing I will always remember. We were talking earlier about a tug of war of kindness. Well, at that face-off show, these guys, Carl Frotch and George Groves, gave us maybe the greatest tug of war of kindness in history of boxing. Would you like to shake my hand? I'd love to shake your hand. You'd love to. I mean, the the, the struggle, the back and forth, pulling each other across the table – Frotch getting angry, being like, you go, you want to tuck, you want to tuck my arm afterwards. That, that was just an all time great moment. We could all give a little push and pull. Yeah. Well, we, we, act, yeah, we, we, we've all been there. Look, we've, we've definitely all been there. Thank the great Eddie Hearns. Thank the great Eddie Hearns for putting 80K in Wembley Stadium and giving George Groves, uh, the first line of his obituary one day for sure. Hey, uh, latest news, uh, Eddie Hearn had an interesting sound drop talking about his rival, Stephen Espinosa, the president of Showtime Sports. It's like, Espinosa's like, he's like a baby. He hates me, hates me. It's good though, really, because if you've got a guy like Espinosa, who is that powerful in boxing, that hates me so much, I can't find that kind of horny, to be honest with you. Wow. You know? It's like, that, that sort of means that I'm, you know, I'm quite, because if I was like nothing, you'd say, oh, sorry, I won't even give him the time of day, but I like it. This is what I say about living in people's head, rent-free. Wow, wow. It's a little bit, it's a little bit, uh, uh, it might be a little bit of a hard-on day, if you will, Rafe. But, um, extending it further into British culture, uh, did you see the war of words on Twitter after this grows retirement that Andre Ward and Carl Frock, the Cobra, have now had? That makes me feel like Ward's trying to lure or lube him into a rematch? I, no, man, I missed this. Get, fill me in. Who, 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 who won it? Who got the best of the exchange? I think Ward edged it. He called out Frotch for just being an old, angry dude who talks bad about people because Frotch, uh, congratulated Gross on his retirement, but in tr- typical Fro- Frotch style <laughs> was sort of undercutting him the whole way. He got called out by Ward. They did a back and forth where, 
uh, they both accused each other of not winning the rematch. One's like, talk to HBO, they'll tell you. And, uh, then Frotch accused Ward of only retiring because no network wanted him to, to fight on them right now. So it's very interesting. And if you're Ward and you only want to come back for something big and fun, imagine doing that in, in, in London. Could you get 80,001 in Wembley for Frotch Ward 2? Look, that, that number has never, will never, can never be eclipsed. But I think it would be a good, do good numbers. It'd be fun. I would want to see it. Just uh, the, the, the ridiculousness of, ridiculousness, sorry, of Carl Frotch in that fight and just the way he'd talk about himself in the buildup. They, Andre Ward and Carl Frotch, it's, it's interesting because they're both not, at least their public personas are not always the most, uh, self-aware. <laughs> that we see in the sport, but they approach it in such different ways. I think someday these guys are going to look and look each other in the eye eyes and say, man, we're so different, but we're really the same and just hug it out. Wow. Yeah. Sweating yeah. the juices, sweating the juices. Uh, other latest news here, Rafe to finish. Hey, Adonis Stevenson, good news here. His girlfriend has reported that he's walking and speaking after the brain injury and the knockout loss to Alexander Grovzik. Uh, man, Dwyer's in my head to want to say that the wrong way right now. Vazic. He's living in your head. Yeah. He's, he's feeling horny about it too. You know. Alexander, gross day. But obviously, shout out to the Superman. Uh, we want to see a full recovery here, uh, you know, t- to live a productive life. Uh, boxing can be dark. You know, there's that dark side of it. And, uh, good to see. Good to see. You know, same thing. Pritchard Colon's had some positive updates lately. I know that bad things happen to these guys and we don't suddenly don't talk about them anymore and, and it, it's it, it's good to see he seems to be making a comeback from that also on this uh abner morris Dante davis showtime fight next week we now know the televised fights are you into javier fortuna sharif bogare not i'm into the the jokes that i will make about it but i'm not into the fight i will be All watching right. that night what about mario barrios to, uh, to, uh the unbeaten Super lightweight contender against Mexico's Richard Zamora in the co-main. Can you can you tell me some more about Barrios? Because man, I don't, I don't feel like I've seen well, him fight on the undercards. Do you like him? Is he? Like is him. he? Should I be giving him some respect? Should I put some respect on his name, or am I rolling my eyes right yeah, now? Yeah, he can punch. He's twenty-two and zero. He's got six-fight KO streak right now. Twenty-three years old from San Antonio. I'm interested. I'm interested in see seeing what he potentially can become here whether he can bang a little bit. I think this is a big opportunity getting pushed into the co-main event slot. So we'll see what happens there. I don't know what happens with Ishe Smith, Erickson Lupin. I thought this was the co-main event, but well, Brian, I don't know. Brian, I thought, didn't you say there was some more Twitter action on that well, earlier? I saw Ishe tweet out something to the degree of, and then deleted it shortly after, something to the degree of the real people know why this fight won't be televised. Didn't he have some war with Floyd on Twitter recently? Or not a war, but he kind of called out Floyd for not being a professional and being petty. Did you see that in recent months? Did I make that up? I remember. I, I don't remember it exactly. But, yeah, I, I do. I, I have this recollection of Ishe having some comments about Floyd. Why then? PBC has so many opportunities. I, I understand. Well, I guess. Is this is, it, is this PBC or is this Mayweather Promotions? It's with... all PBC in, in the end, I think. Okay. So – PBC has enough other cards to to let Ishe and Lubin, which is a really good fight. I like that fight. I like the fight that's a lot. The, that's the fight. That was the that's the fight. It's a little bit of a hipster take, but that's probably my favorite fight on this card. Oh, how dare that, you! And it's a hipster. Look, I, I said it's a hipster take. Call me out. Come at me, guys. Uh, but it's I, I really want to see that. Should be on TV. That's worth co-main status. 
Uh, so it bums me out that whatever politics may be getting in the way of, of putting that on TV. And if that's the case, guys, you're doing this for money. P- the, p- consumers, customers buy this at some level. They're paying for it, whether they're paying for your app, whether they're paying, whether they're choosing to t- to tune in or tune out. And you're messing around by not putting the better fights on the televised card just to settle some score. That's true. Hey, before we get into uh, weekend preview, do you care? I forgot to bring up what turned out to be a pretty fun DAZN main event. And I'm a DAZN subscriber. Me too, Dwyer. Did you see Jaime Munguia defend his junior middleweight championship against uh, one of the Inoue bros in what turned out to be a little bit of a uh, sloppy war? This was not one of the Inoue bros, but it was a man named Takeshi Inoue. And yeah, man, fun fight. Jaime Munguia can't really be in a not fun fight he never he he doesn't look great sometimes right he gets hit he was a little they i wasn't sure why the disown announced team was making such a big deal over making 154 pounds he's obviously a mammoth uh you know mammoth junior middleweight mungia is but what is that was that a, had, I hadn't heard a lot of reporting before that, that he was struggling to stay on weight for this fight. Now we do expect him to move up eventually just because of his, the size, the massiveness of this guy at 154. And whoa, is it crazy in the ring, the size disparity between him and Inouye. But yo, Inouye was crazy. I was, that was maybe, was that, Brian, would you say that was the best hardcore balls out performance from a, Japanese determined no. de- determined Japanese fighter since our guy Nihito Arakawa against say. Omar Figueroa just where you're watching a guy being oh my god he's insane why is he still coming forward like that and then getting work done I mean that was a he made in a way made that fight how fun it was did you see that guy's balls they were weird yeah Arakawa had a balls that night he i mean you might as well you might as well bring out the awards if you really want to talk about how big they were that night gotta give mikey the ball sack of the year award. give that to arakara and inoue tried to model that he tried to to channel his inner uh what's that dude that koto sent to hell uh oh no they went the distance the guy he the guy the guy he fought guerrero the guy the, Asian the guy, guy. Oh, oh you mean uh yoshihiro Kamaka. yeah yeah some thai guy i have a fight uh, was a, a Thailand guy. All right, let's get out of here. Mungia was fun to see. You're right. I, I long term. Hey, bro, go to 160. There's big business in the zone. It's a it's a service I have. Let's move forward. Weekend preview. Do you care? Time, Rafe. Thursday, UFC Fight Pass from Alpine, California. Is that in your backyard? I think that's in Northern California somewhere. Is this a Roy Jones card? I know he signed a deal. Yeah, with, uh, it's got to be, right? That's He's the only promoter working on UFC Fight Pass, right? Unless Triple G somehow signs there, which some people are <laughs> trying to say is going to happen. I don't know. Aston Palikte versus Jose Martinez, 12 rounds, WBO Junior Bantamweight Eliminator. Uh, yeah, I, I should I should care because Aston Palikte is Filipino. Oh, hey. He had, he had that not particularly great exciting draw with Donnie Nietes on Superfly 2, I think. But, eh, what, you know, maybe Superfly 3, I don't really care. It's just hard to care. I, I don't have UFC fight. That is not a service that I have, Brian. <laughs> hey, shout out, though, to uh, RJJ Boxing, right? I mean, Roy Jones is doing his thing. You, All of you must have actually forgot. Oh, 
Anytime you can put Gamecock into there, I'm, I'm down with that. Hey, Friday night, Showbox, Rafe, on Showtime, Rochester, New York. Ronald Ellis versus DeAndre Ware, 10 round super middleweights. Do you care? I care a little bit. You know why I care? Because I listened to that show, that rebooted Showtime yes. boxing podcast with our bros, Eric Reskin and Kiernan, Kiernan Mulvaney. Yeah, and they AC are doing Slater. a good job of selling me on these fights. Yes. I usually do not care. I'll tune in for some weird show box action because I ain't got nothing else to do with my life. But they're making me think, wow, this sounds like a really good matchup, man. Is, is, is Ellis finally gonna, like, look good in one of these showbox opportunities? He's got so many draws. Like, I didn't know any of this crap about Ellis. Now I care. Remember when uh, AC Slater showed up onto that, uh, HBO, uh, weigh-in show in like a t-shirt and he was like, let me throw it over to my colleague Kiernan Mulvaney. He, he may have shot his watch still. Those hands are heavy. Heavy hands indeed. Hey, on that undercard, do you care? Eight rounds, middleweights, Dominic Wade versus Martin Fidel Rios. Wasn't this fight already supposed to happen somewhere else? Do you care? Yeah, I, I thought we already had to talk about the Dominic Wade comeback. No, I don't care. Okay, let's talk about what matters. Shout out to the corner man. We love that man from, from top rank ESPN. Saturday night, Frisco, Texas. The star, right? Dallas Cowboy Land on ESPN. I think the undercard's on plus. We got a hell of a good fight. This is one of those moments where this ESPN top rank relationship works. It wins because top rank went out of its way to get two fighters that didn't have a home, both represented by other promoters, a fight that matters and puts it on the service we have. It's Elider Alvarez versus Sergey Kovalev rematch 12 rounds for Alvarez's WBO light heavyweight title to remind you what happened last year. Kovalev up fairly big late in the fight on the cards and Alvarez who in the beginning of his career wasn't known as a puncher, turned into one in that fight and sent Kovalev to hell. Rafe, are you fired up for this? Because I got a lot of, I got a bag of care for you right here. I don't know about it. it, it there, there hasn't been a lot of buildup and I imagine that probably has something to do with the reporting on legal troubles, domestic violence, really, really serious, uh, really serious allegations that, that Sergey Kovalev is probably going to face some some court time or you know some time in court or something up here in California so that that put a damper on I think a lot of people's feelings about this fight as well as the ability to promote it it's a lot harder to put out there like hey all right can't wait to watch this guy um but shoot from a pure matchup perspective hell effing yes Brian oh I mean I I want to see can can Kovalev avenge that loss you know can he Basically, can he get to Alvarez before Alvarez does the same thing to him again? Ooh, what is not to like? What I love about this fight is this is a turning point moment in Sergey Kovalev's career. If he should lose this one, Rafe, and you package that with the two losses to Andre Ward, you package that with the fact that uh, this is, you know, he's 35. This could be the end. This will, would be the end. You know, I mean, yes, this division is loaded. Yes, Kovalev has a name. Certainly can get himself back into big fights, but you're no longer talking ever again. Pound for pound rated Sergey Kovalev. Uh, Sergey Kovalev the killer. When you add in all those problems he's having seemingly outside the ring, this is a turning point must have fight to keep this train on the tracks. Or else it's the end of, you know, the Crusher era, which had some fun moments, certainly had some forgettable ones on social media. 
But uh, this was a guy who who took a piece of his soul. Not in the I'm exhausted and Andre Ward's going to punch me below the belt and, and knock me out and I may have just quit type of thing. I mean, Alvarez sent him to hell. He knocked him out. Sergey's going to have to show us something here, Rafe. I think he's got to go back to being the crusher, the destroyer, not the boxer, the destroyer. Make this a firefight. Win back his mojo. You see him going that route? I kind I do agree, Brian. Also because we've seen now demonstrated through how many fights, Brian, many that Kovalev, whether it's a training issue, whether it's just a, he doesn't have the same motor as other fighters, he gasses late in fights. And if that's the case, he should know it by now, and he should come in with the, a game plan to try and win this fight early. Now he can't. Sh- you can't shoot the whole L, right? Because then he's in trouble. But you, you, I think fighters now, when they go in, opponents who face Sergey Kovalev, they know that if they can ride out the first five, six rounds, they got a chance to come back and hurt him, stop him, do exactly what Elider Alvarez did in this, in their first fight to, to Kovalev. So Kovalev, I think, should be, have at least a part, half of his mind, plan A, I, I think should be come in here, stop this before I get into any trouble. Because the longer the fights go on, more bad things happen with Sergey Kovalev. I agree with you on there. Prediction time. Here's what I think happens. I think Kovalev comes in there to try to win it. Comes in there to try to empty the tank and knock this guy out. Will not have that success. I do think we'll see what's left in the jug of Kovalev. I don't think we'll see a bow out, his career is over type of moment. I think he's going to pour the jug out in the ring. I just don't think he'll have enough. I think he loses a competitive decision here in what turns out to be an action fight late. I don't think he gets punched once and quits. I don't think it's any of that. I think he's tough. I think Alvarez is just hungrier and better right now, Rafe. And this is a giant moment in a loaded division with guys, but you know, all the names that we already know, the, the better, better beeves, the, uh, Alexander Grossdick. This is a fun ass division and Elider Alvarez could make a big leap here on ESPN with a win. I like Alvarez by decision. Tell me about you. Uh, you know, Brian, it's a long way from the lip to the jug. You know what that means. What does that mean again? I don't really, I don't think I, is that a service I, I have anymore on my, uh, Oh, wait, we got Kovalev uh, calling in. Hold on one second. Hi, my boxing fans. All right, all right. Enough, enough of that joke. But, uh, um, let me tell you, Brian. Yeah. I I see what you're saying. I smell what you're cooking. I hear Jimmy right now. But let's look at that fight. Kovalev cruising, taking over in rounds. What? He hurt Alvarez in round four pretty bad. Then stayed in control five, six. Gets caught in round seven. And, and the, the, the Russian fans who really know Kovalev's career say that, well, we knew this. He just hadn't gotten caught by the right punch until that moment in his light heavy, in his big run at light heavyweight. He, he had a reputation for being chinny. Did Maybe Hopkins rock him with a jab, but he covered it up well. I, did, did that happen? I don't quite people, remember there that. Are, you know how there's conspiracy theorists that like claim that Margarita was coming on in the Kodo rematch? There are people that claim that Hopkins had Kovalev hurt in that first fight. I don't know if I can re- – in that only fight. I don't know if I can go that far in that regard, Rafe. I also don't know if I'm ever going to find the sound drops that I'm looking for at the right time. Uh, here it is. 
I was in your ass and you was ready to quit and you was blowing and puffing and went to your corner like a rag doll, done, defeated, and knew that you lost that fight. All right, we move on. Thank you. Yeah, that was not that was not the Hopkins Kovalev fight I saw. Uh, but so so I look. I, I'm saying that. Kovalev was winning that fight. He was in control of that fight. He looked like he might have been on a way on the way to his own stoppage of Elider Alvarez. And I think that Alvarez is just a guy I've I've never enjoyed watching. This is the first that, that his first fight with Kovalev was the first time I I he was in a fight that I was like, "Oh, I'm glad I watched that. That was fun." Like he has great hair. The, he has great hair. Okay. Great. The, he, he does have great hair. I give him that. I give him all the credit in the world for some of the best hair in boxing. Uh, but yo, I, he's just, I, I'm not willing. I, I want to give, I, I, I want to give Kovalev another shot in this. I want to, I want to, I want to see him make another run. I'd rather see, I, I want to see him in a big fight against one of those other big punchers at light heavyweight. See what, even if he gets sent to hell, shoot, it will be fun. So, so it's a little bit of wishful thinking, but I also think that Kovalev, if he got it in his head to train well, and I don't know. He's with Buddy McGirt. Who knows what that means for this fight? Buddy McGirt, they say, is not known for being a taskmaster. So it's we probably chances are we're going to see the same old Sergey Kovalev basically gets himself into shape and fights however he wants to fight in the ring, which worked against lesser guys, did not work against the most elite guys. Uh, but yo, I think there's a good chance he gets to. Alvarez first, and if he go, wow. and if that's what he's trying to do, I think that he can do it. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna go out on that limb and say Kovalev pulls it off this time. Wow. He fights a similar fight that he fought in the first match with Lighter Alvarez, and this time finishes the job, gets him out of there in like a a, a, a late round six to nine ish stoppage wow, maybe nine. accumulation of blows because shoot we minutes. know kovalev is still dangerous too right if he land it's basically who gets to who first i i i'm not saying there's a lot of predicting with a ton of confidence here but i think that is just on the table as much as alvarez by any kind of win so, right, so i gotta get shoot. this show off out of here but i did want to mention speaking of great hair um, you typically go for more of a modified Brandon Walsh season one nine hundred two one zero look, but I did see you in New York City last week, and uh, you had like the slick back Wall Street Pat Riley jam going on, and and I didn't hate it. Is this a, a preview of the future of of more Walsh sophisticated post thirty five Rafe? I just don't know how to do hair, so whatever happens happens every time I put a product in. Wow, wow, that was that was a. Uh... That was interesting. All right, the co-main event takeover. We care about this. Teofimo Lopez, bro of the show, seems to fight every month these days. Stepping up, Rafe. Wow. This is a guy, remember, after his last fight in December, big time knockout, knockout of the year over rock hard, mighty Mason Maynard. I don't want to say the deep end of the pool, but it's as that pool starts to slope downward. We're going to see him 10 rounds lightweights against Diego Magdaleno, a world-class fighter. Rafe, this is a real-ass fight, and I'm fired up for it. Is Teo ready? Yeah, I think he's ready for Diego Magdaleno. Ever since the blonde hair died phase of Diego Magdaleno, I just couldn't get in. I, I gave up on him right there. Look, what what's the best we've seen from Magdaleno? The uh, 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 so-so losing effort in 12 rounds in Macau for a belt against Roman Martinez once. One of the few title fights that Roman Martinez actually deserved to win that he won. 
uh, th- that, that was maybe Magdaleno's biggest moment. We've seen, there, somebody in the UK sent him to hell in Terry, two rounds. Terry Flanagan. Uh, and, and didn't that man, oh, wait, was that the Terry Flanagan who fought Pro Gray? Yes. Oh, interesting. Wow. So, so he was at, that was at lightweight. Okay. It makes sense. I, I, I smell what's cooking here. Anyway, Magdaleno, I think he's just passed it, man. He, he was world class. I don't know if he is world class. What, what's, what's he, what's his resume look like recently? Anything impressive? Outside of that loss to Flanagan, he, well, overall, he's, uh, eight and one since the Roman Martinez loss over the past five years. So he took a decision from Art Hovenison, knocked out Emmanuel Herrera, took a decision from Jesus Quadro. By the way, Emmanuel Herrera was four and three, so that was a washed fight. Um, it's gonna be interesting. He's 32. This is a, this is a veteran moment. This is the right matchup for Teo. We're gonna find out. We know that, uh, Southpaw Diego Magdaleno, good looking man, nicknamed Mr. Superb. This is going to test Teo a little bit, but look, if he knocks him out and send him to hell, I, I, I'm not saying he's ready for Loma because what we do know about Loma is Lomachenko is the test man. But he's, you know, Teo is going to have a test moment here against Diego. He might be ready for a title shot in 2019 if he gets a win here. It's a very good fight. I predict he knocks him out, brother. Anyway, Rafe, we got to get out of this show and there's a title fight definitely worth watching. Oscar Valdez is back coming off of that brawl with Scott Quigg that we loved. He's going to defend his WBO featherweight title against Carmine Tomazone. Do you care? Yeah, I care because it's Oscar Valdez. I love me some Oscar Valdez. He was becoming one of my favorite TV fighters. One of these high-level but not world-beating level kind of champions at 126 pounds. Exciting-ass fights with Scott Quigg, with Genesis Cervania, with Miguel Mariaga. All awesome, really, really, really entertaining fights. He's aggressive. He can box a little. He, he, keep, keep him on my TV. I was, I missed him during his basically, what, year long absence because of the broken jaw. He fought through that. The guy's got balls. I don't know anything about this, this Carmine's restaurant, Tomazone. Is he coming with the red sauce? I don't know. I don't really care about him, but for, for, for Oscar, I care. I care. And the, and Oscar Valdez also loves Reptiles always playing with some with some little alligators. I don't know what that's about, but I like it. I don't care about Matisse's life. I don't care about his people. I don't care about his family. I don't care about. Uh, thank you, Angel. Thank you very much. Uh, Angel, though, did have a message for us that I did want to put back out into the ether, into the ethosphere, so that if I can find it fast enough and slow the show down anymore. We did. Do- we've been doing doping from the beginning. Right. Yeah, just to remember that. Uh, Richard Kami will defend his, or actually, sorry, it's a vacant IBF lightweight title fight. Richard Kami versus Isa Shaniev, also on this card. I don't care, do you? No, I don't care. You can, we can ask Luda Bella to care about that one. Alright, alright. That's, that's fair, that's fair. Hey, let's get out of the show with this. Do you care? Saturday in London, on DAZN, get in DAZN, brother. Main event, Sergio Garcia versus Ted Cheeseman. 12 rounds for Garcia's European junior middleweight title. Rafe, you know I did some business with the zone late last year. Did a Ch- Ted Cheeseman card. Uh, I like this guy. So anyone that doesn't know, he's a 154 white dude from England who kind of squares up and comes at you in brawls. Yes, there's some craft there, but he does, tell me if I'm wrong, Rafe, he does scare you into thinking he is of the, of the Brit mold where when he does step up to the world-class level one day it's probably not going to end great for him but he's fun right now 
this is the European level, not the world level. And there's a good chance that if they made, cause they're pushing, he's getting a little bit of a push from Matchroom and Eddie Hearn, not, not trying to make him a star yet, but they like him. He, he seems to have fans. He was in a terrible commercial last year where they would like flip him burgers and then like someone ordered cheese and looked at him and he smiled. Bad commercial, but guy's name is Cheeseman. He's, you know, one of these brawlers. Enjoy it while it lasts. It's it, if you're already paying for DAZN for some other fights, hey, this is gonna be on there too. He 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 he'll make he'll make he'll make him flip cheese biggest. No, no. All right, that's a good one. I, I Teddy know. said that. I don't know if I don't know if Ted Cheeseman is on that level yet. If he's if he's a Connor level fighter, but we'll ha- we'll we'll begin to learn. Also on that card, Felix Cash, good looking British dude, is gonna fight uh, Rashid Abulaji for the vacant Commonwealth middleweight title. We're already two down the rabbit hole. I don't I don't care. Lawrence about Oakley though, check him out. Ten rounds cruiserweights against Sean Miller. Lawrence Oakley could be the the future. In terms of your division, Rafe, I know that I, you love cruising together. This guy is a British stud. I believe it's Okoli, right? Not it like like Ned Flanders, Okoli, Dokoli. Yeah, here. it is. O- it is Okoli. You are correct. And uh, I've seen some footage. Guy, guy looks. Guy looks nasty. Jack, dude, he's jacked, bro. Didn't he have a really bad fight his last time oh, out? Like stop super it. boring. Stop. Everything I say, you just tear down, Rafe. All right, I get the name wrong. You know, doesn't he, go, does he, does he have three balls? No, no, Rafe. All right. By the way, remember that Danny time Garcia got six toes, though. Remember that time in Total Recall, the alien woman had three boobs. You remember that? Do I remember? Does has anyone forgotten in the world? I mean, come on, man. You, you, you just. You get beat by man with three of them, bro. You got beat by three of them. You got beat by three of them. All right, Rafe. Uh, hey, play with the bag, touch it, uh, enjoy it. Um. Shout out to our listeners, by the way, who stick through us, stick with us, stick us through uh, illnesses, weeks off. Thank you for being there. Rafe, thank you for making time to make this happen. People can follow you at Rafe Boogs on Twitter. They can buy all of your books. Basketball, a love story, still showing up on some top 10 must-read lists. Are you a New York Times bestselling author, Rafe? As a matter of fact, I am, Brian. Oh, it feels good. Oh. I, I, it's, it's nice to be in this tug of war with kindness, of kindness with you right now. Just showering praise on me. I'm going to repay that kindness someday. Rafe, uh, do you, is that something you can pull out like a sword when you meet women? Brian, if you don't stop this soon, I am going to be peeing in a cup all again. All right, all right. That is so gross. We, yeah, we out, we out. <laughs>